Hey yo. Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And you are listening to Around, Around the, the Way, Way Curls. We are two Philly bred best friends who strive to produce content that is authentic, unapologetic, and exalting of the magic we see in ourselves and in you. Join us as we oscillate between love and light and money and dicks because, because duality, duality is a thing. Yizzo! Good evening. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. How are you, uh, girl? How are you? I'm great. I'm thriving. <laughs> thriving in this world. Um, Do you have any updates? Let's crack a lack and tell me. Well, um, I've been watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. You are so late. I told you to watch that. I've watched it before, but I forgot about it, and I don't have cable, nor do I have leisure time. But this, I just, I want to be Larry David. Like, that's who I actually really am, I think. What if episode I really are you to on? be myself. What's happening? So he has the spite shop. <laughs> <laughs> the joint where he's selling the coffee because of... Yeah. Uh, Mocha Joe. He's just a disturbed human being. They're all just highly disturbed and I love it out of their minds. I just love it. And he just went to the wedding and ruined the wedding. <laughs> anyway, mm. I just love his bot. Like I, I would date Larry David. <laughs> Why? You know what? That's kind of like what Joe Lee's dad was built like. In all honesty. <laughs> It was. Was it not? I'm lying. He was like he was like the East African Larry David. <laughs> Tell so you spot that. on with that shit. I was like, like this man looks familiar. Who is this? Say. <laughs> anyway, that's been going on, so I've been chuckling and laughing and shaking my head. And then I'm gonna come see you. Um on Saturday and listen everybody originally I just came just to like hang out and the internet was like we're actually gonna do work and I was like what the fuck no yes and I should make you learn how to edit finally or redo it but we gonna do that when we go to DC when I come the night before yep I'm gonna come to Philly the night before and then we're gonna sit down and edit we have to no that's that's not gonna happen that date but we can do that soon but anyway, we going to D.C. Everybody who's bought tickets to the Black Love Experience, thank you for buying your tickets. You got a discount. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you there. It's going to be great. Or it's not. You know, this is life. Let's be real. What is it's going to be great or will not be. <laughs> Let's or it's going to be trash, but we'll be in the <laughs> shit together. Which is most important, right? God willing. How are you? I'm good. Awesome princess. What's going on? Um, I actually think you're... Mm, thinkered. I actually think I figured out 
what was going on with me a little bit. So I have, last week I had that like, first of all, I want to thank everybody who DM'd me. This woman was like, I am a, I forget, some kind of breathing therapist or something. I didn't know they existed. She was putting me on. It was a couple, it was a lot of people that emailed me, but not emailed, DM. But there was, I, I was back at the office, child, and I turned to my left and saw this little sickly thing that's always sickly. I, I'm, I am, I'm really a compassionate person, but I reached my peak with this human. And this is the same girl that got, that gave me the flu, that gave me bronchitis. I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical. But I'm looking at her and she's just hacking and hacking and nothing. She's not getting anything up or she's not spitting it out. It's just like so gross. And so then I see her and she's and she goes in her bag and takes out. I think it's vent ventolin is what we have and it's this blue inhaler. And she takes two pumps and puts it back in her bag. And I. Looked at her and thought, nah, I ain't never seen this girl with an inhaler. So I was like, sis, can I talk to you for a second? I said, can I ask you, are you having difficulty breathing? She was like, yeah. I said, oh, okay. I said, can you describe your symptoms? She was like, oh, it feels like it's all this mucus in my chest, but it won't come up, but it ain't nothing there because I went to the doctor. And then it feels like it just feels like somebody's like standing on my chest, like I can't get enough air in. You Your know, office like is hard. haunted. It's haunted. But no, it's is haunted. Her. She and I thought to myself, wow, maybe it's some kind of respiratory issue. Now, if I would have had a fever and stuff, I would be freaking out right now because I would think it was something much more serious. That is nothing to joke about, but this coronavirus is real. And I've honestly been okay. This past week, I was still using the inhaler towards the weekend. Um, and then I went to the gym. I worked out. I brought it with me. I was nervous. I was fine. So I don't know. Like, I've been okay. But she, I, I, I looked at her today, and she wasn't using the inhaler, but she was just sick with something else. Now her nose running. The child is a mess. <laughs> I just can't take it. And they, they're sending out all kinds of emails at work like, if you're sick, don't come to work. But that's not fair to do to somebody because not everybody gets paid when they don't come into work. So this capitalist society is fucking everybody up. So I have compassion for her, old girl, but I'm also like, you cost me money. <laughs> for real. Because, I mean, these doctor's appointments are not cheap. And she's So wait, I don't money. quite understand. You think you got like a bacteria or something? I don't know. I have no idea, but I'm telling you, these doctors cannot explain to me what was wrong with me. They're not saying they can, they could hear me wheezing. So they knew they were like, we know you're not lying, but we don't know what that was. And she said that they said the same thing to her, that they were just like, oh, it seems like you have um, breathing or what restriction or something. I was like, that's what in the fake ass medical term, like what? Yeah, my breath is restricted. I know. I can feel that. You're not telling me. You have a case of the breathing restrictionitis. (laughs) Right. I was like, y'all get the fuck out of here. Anyway. um, Oh, my God. I just read what you wrote. You wrote, we're going to get free together and seek pleasure if you don't fall into a raging workhorse lunatic. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? I meant to erase that. (laughs) You actually wrote that down? Yeah, don't go crazy on me this weekend talking your bullshit. 
and freaking out and having an anxiety attack and then talking about something's on your chest stopping you from breathing because I'm just be like you are so supportive god you gotta get everybody needs a supportive friend like Shanti (laughs) just get Um, the fuck together all right we trying to have fun yo on another note you know I realized last week when you kept or not last week the week before when you kept talking about that was when you I just didn't want to engage with you on these um ovulating penises you didn't. It, was just, it was so nobody ridiculous did. to me <laughs> nobody did because everybody was like mm, it's childish but I will <laughs> say, <laughs> I will say um you're not lying when it comes to ovulation Oh God! You did, y'all just didn't know what the fuck your cycle was. That's all. First of all, we do know what it was, but mm-hmm. I don't like to talk about it or to think about it because I don't. I'm not having sex, so it's like, why am I going to keep being like, oh, so? But this time around, since we're talking about pleasure, <laughs> I decided to lean into it. It was like, oh, I'm ovulating. But one, when I'm ovulating, my breasts aren't big yet. Like it's like. It's like a couple days before my period, and that doesn't feel good at all. So I stick to that, but I stand by that rather. But I just was, I woke up and I was just in heat. I was like one of them cats, this little mm-hmm. alley cats just tripping. And so I was, I thought to myself, okay, let me lean, let me lean into this. And so all day I was like on the train listening to music that gets me going. And when I tell you I was walking around like edging, all, do you know what edging is? First of all, if 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 my any of my family is listening to this podcast, you know who you are. Tina, Dennis, Aunt Barbara, just turn it off now. But I, I just, that's going to be uncomfortable. But do you know what edging is? You're about to jump off a cliff into the, <laughs> on a, to a bunch of dicks. Girl, you better edge. It's when... You, I can't believe you've never done this. So you, you can either do it by yourself or you. Oh, you sit on the edge of something and rub yourself. No, you idiot! (laughs) I do that all the time. I call it. No, it's when you get to you get yourself mentally. It's like kind of mental, but it's also physical too. You get yourself like right to the point where like you feel like you're about to have an orgasm. But you don't orgasm. You just stay right there. So it's like you either lighten the touch on your clitoris where it's like it's just keeping you right there and you're maintaining that. Girl, what you mean you're doing this all day? Where the fuck you doing this at? Go. I went inward. <laughs> I was like, let me edge. <laughs> let me just stay in this euphoric place. And what I tell you, people were like, oh, my God, you look so great. <laughs> your face like, is all girl. flush. Your cheeks are looking nice, girl. <laughs> no, but... You you have, have you ever been in, have you ever been in a situation like when you have to go to the bathroom really really bad like pee you've never it's never felt like orgasmic to you no for real peas don't feel orgasmic to me I also have incontinence let's not bring this up again okay <laughs> <I'm sorry laughs> your vagina was big <laughs> pee. when you say pee you First mean that you has like nothing pee on to myself? do with your vagina. <laughs> No, but you've never, it's never, your your peeing or after sex, it's never felt like that. Like, oh, no, peeing has never been like orgasmic to me. No, can't say that. Uh -uh. I can't be the only one that sometimes when you really have to go or after sex, if you sit on the toilet for so long and you can't pee because you're like, fuck, 
I got a pee, yeah. but it's not yeah. coming out. And then when it finally does come out, it doesn't feel like, like orgasmic to you? No. Oh. It feels. Maybe it's because you're having actual orgasms with a partner. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just, <laughs> I'm just over here like, something. Anything. There's some sensation <laughs> down there. <laughs> that is <laughs> a theory. Ciao. But anyway. I went inward today and I was channeling it and I felt wonderful. I felt wonderful, but also insane. So I wouldn't recommend it because I also was like, I was just you... ravenous. <laughs> I was, t- I was calling you like, call Yo. me all oh, hair, all wild as shit. I <laughs> lashes falling off lipstick smeared. I said, what the fuck <laughs> running down the street. It's like, I look like Joanne the scammer. <laughs> <laughs> Like fucking somebody help me. Tonight you trying to fuck, fuck. Damn. No, I'm trying to make what? What was it? Make love, fucking. Yes. <laughs> you trying to make love, fucking. Ugh, that, is... <laughs> so stupid. that is life. Anyway, but that I I usually wouldn't share something like that, but I'm sharing it because it has a little something to do with today's episode. But before we get into that. Um, politics as usual. So South Carolina has voted and, um, it happened and Biden won big. Biden so won by huge margins. Wow. What? I feel huge like margins. The black people like Biden, huh? The blacks like black Biden? Black people like Biden. Listen, Iowa was a, that was a mess. Nevada, you know, that's fine. What was the other one? New Hampshire, none of those places had, this was the first place that had like a significant amount of quote unquote people of color voting and he won by a fucking landslide. So right now it's looking like the race is very much between him and Bernie Sanders. Super Tuesday is too, well, by the time this comes out, it already had happened. But Why don't for the us, blacks like Elizabeth? Because the blacks don't be knowing. They- <laughs> They Shut don't be the following. Fuck. They just they don't be following along. And I think they do. I think they're they're just smarter and they're more media literate in some cases. And I think they're like, yo, we really fuck with her. But I don't think she can win. I don't think those independents are gonna vote for you know mm, her. What you I don't gonna think do, Easy? I'm gonna vote my heart for the primary, and then whoever wins the primary election is getting my motherfucking vote. I don't care who it is. But um Right now, Super Tuesday, again, is tomorrow for us when we're recording it. And that is like, I think that might be why I'm so hot and bothered because Super Tuesday is tomorrow. And I'm like, ooh. Oh, God. The white woman is. (laughs) Oh, God. I get to. No, Super Tuesday. Voting isn't. There's no color in voting, Shanti. Voting is for everyone. It is American right. Anyway. But Super Tuesday is tomorrow. Super Tuesday. Do you know why Super Tuesday is super? Why? I asked you a question. No, I do not. Okay. So this is when, like, this is when uh, on one date, like on one single day, so much of the country will vote in the primary election. And so we'll have a much better idea. You know, every state votes a different day. I have no idea why. But yes, I do, because they're trying to figure out along the trail, like, who's going to win before they spend all their money. But the... Tomorrow, we're going to have a gauge on who the nominee will be. Okay. 
so tomorrow we um Pennsylvania I don't think is to, no Pennsylvania isn't tomorrow New York isn't tomorrow but I think it's something crazy like 1200 delegates as each state has a different amount of delegates assigned to it depending on population 1200 delegates will be decided tomorrow and that's a huge amount and so tomorrow when we see who wins where why how which kind of people voted for who we're pretty much going to be able to hypothesize who the nominee is going to be, which is very exciting because, you know, Pete Buttigieg dropped out, Amy Klobuchar dropped out. They dropped out after South Carolina because they came in so weak. And so did, what was the other billionaire bull? Tom, Tom Steyer. Um, he dropped out. So these are all people that were splitting those votes, splitting those Bernie votes. So like Amy Klobuchar, Pete Buttigieg, Tom Steyer, Steyer or Steyer, I'm not sure. They were all pretty moderate, um, moderate de- Democrats. So now that they're out and they dropped out before the Super Tuesday vote, that means that there's less people for these other folks to choose from, which means if they were going to vote for Mayor Pete and they're a moderate, most likely they're going to now vote for Joe Biden mm-hmm. or Mayor Bloomberg. So we're going to see where that is. I don't think Mayor Bloomberg is going to do well on Super Tuesday at all. Elizabeth Warren hasn't dropped out yet. I think she's still crossing her fingers. I also think that she could possibly be hoping for to be someone's VP pick. Yeah. Mainly Bernie Sanders' VP pick because she's just not going after him the way she could. Even though a lot of their views are similar, I still feel like there's some things that she could like get him on that she's just refraining from, which is not her style. Um, But I am super nervous about Bernie Sanders being on this ticket. And I'm super nervous about Elizabeth Warren being on the ticket with him as much as I love her. Um, I just don't think that's a winning ticket for middle America. Like I have family members that are this people like you have, um, um, Megan McCain, who's on The View, and she's literally saying, like, I will never vote for Bernie Sanders. Well, the only other person for you to vote for is Donald Trump. And if you're going to vote for oh, Donald wow. Trump, who literally yeah. called your father, <laughs> like, all kinds of... Your dead father, by the way, said that he belonged in hell, called him all kinds of fucking names, just trashed his trashed his entire legacy. That's who you'd vote for? That's how, that's how scared you are of Bernie Sanders? Like there's something to be said about that. And a lot of people are that way who have much less um, immediate ties to reasons why they should hate Trump. Like Meghan McCain should hate Trump. But the fact that she's willing to vote for well, she's never said she would vote for. Let me be clear. She never said that, but she said she would not vote for Bernie Sanders under any circumstance. But if it's Trump or Sanders, then what are you just not voting so, I don't know, sis. I think Joe Biden... How, how do you feel I'm about not, everything? I mean, I think... I, I don't love Joe Biden, and I don't love Bernie Sanders. The only person who I love is Elizabeth Warren. Um, I think their vice presidential picks will be very important moving forward. I think that somebody's going to try to snatch up Stacey Abrams from Georgia, um, they're definitely going to try to, I think, put a black woman on the ticket. I think it would be smart for Joe Biden, but he has to roll it out in a way where she doesn't look like the token black woman who, you know, like it just, it's all, it's a, it's a play. We're casting a play right now. We're, we're, and we're trying to figure out 
who best fits the role. It's just like, mm. I don't know. Like Joe Biden, I don't love. I think he's, I don't know. I don't think he has it all together up there. But I, I will say I do think he's electable. And I'm ready to play it safe right now just to get Trump out. Because I don't want to deal with 30 years from now still dealing with all these judges that Trump, Trump is appointing. The Supreme Court just came out and just they just said that they were going to wait to rule on the um, Affordable Care Act, which is, you know, Obamacare. They were going to wait to rule on some ruling for that until after the election because they're trying to figure out, like, who's going to be the fucking president? Because if it's a Democrat, then we don't have to worry about this shit. But if it's Trump again, we have so much to worry about. So much. Another four years of this means that he gets hundreds upon hundreds of judges all across this country making our lives a living fucking hell and rolling shit back, rolling back women's rights, rolling back all kinds of shit. So I'm ready to play it safe. And I'm surprised I'm saying that. I'm usually the person that's like, let's just burn it all the fuck down and do it again. But as I get older, maybe I'm getting a little more conservative. But right now, I just feel like the risk is way too high. What about you? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously? (laughs) Yes. What about you? How do you feel about this? Even if you're not following it. And shout out to everybody who's like, Antoinette Henry is my political informant. I shouldn't be. Good job. But I love y'all because I really shouldn't be. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. This is my very biased opinions. So, but I I think what you just said about that is loves black folks. You said who? Elizabeth Warren loves black folks. She's always loved us. She's always been in our corner. And she's always, she's, it's beyond black folks. She's always been in the corner of the people, of whoever is oppressed, whether it be black folks, Native Americans, obviously, um, women, like she's always, and she's, she's just, her stances have been rock solid since day one and she's never wavered. And I just love her. And she's the most prepared and the most intelligent on any of those stages. Anyway, go ahead. I just think similar to what you just said. Girl, it feels this way <laughs> to me is that it it just feels like it feels like a, like a play in a lot of ways. So I don't feel particularly um and I never felt particularly excited about Biden. Um no. I don't know. I just feel I just feel detached in a way that I probably shouldn't feel detached, but it just feels like it just feels like a, a spectacle in a lot of ways to me. Do you think uh, you'll feel attached once the um once the candidate has been decided, once we know like okay, this is who we're going with? Or will you rally behind that person? Just Me because rally? Of the poli- Come on, girl. Well, just because. I mean, of, I guess. I mean. Well, seriously, I don't know. because of the political climate that we're in, that's like, yo, this is like, we really need this motherfucker to win. And rally in your own way, whatever that looks like. But like, will you get behind whoever is on the Democratic ticket? I don't know. I don't. I. I don't know. I guess. I guess I have to. I I I think I I want to see what Biden is is saying. 
you know. But if it's between like it's uh, what I'm it's saying, between it's Biden and be Trump, am I going to vote for Joe wh- Biden? Is that what yeah, you're asking? Like, I'm going to vote if it's not when just the time vote, comes? but like I get like that's it sucks that that is the reality, and I get that that is very frustrating for folks. But it's going to be Trump versus either Biden, Joe, or Bloomberg. Because I just don't think Liz is about to have a great Super Tuesday. But it should be her. So it's like... You don't think Bernie has... You think that Bloomberg is did before I say, Bernie? I, did I say Bernie? Uh, I meant no. to say Bernie. Sorry. I said Biden, Joe. I mean, if it, it were between Bernie, Biden Joe. and Bernie, then I think I think that I would <clears throat> probably vote more radically and from a heart space and strategy for Bernie. Yeah, that's the thing. I think the the thing that's most difficult right now for me is the primary election. It's like, do I vote with my heart, which is the most radical thing, even though Bernie doesn't get shit passed, like his name is almost on no bills, or do I vote like my head? And it's like, Bernie is never going to get shit passed, and Bernie, I just... My aunts will never vote for Bernie Sanders, but they would vote for Joe Biden. So I don't know. I really don't. But I know that it matters. So we just have to pay attention and pray, y'all. We got to pray. We got to get this monster out of the White House before he just ruins the entire world with his dumb ass. I can't. Him and Melania gotta go. And the kid. What's the kid name? Oh damn, you throwing out the kid? The fucking kid gotta go. <laughs> yeah. You gotta go Damn. <sighs> anyway, that's my politics as usual. So next week I'll be all hot and bothered after Super Tuesday. Edging. Just gonna be all <laughs> all over the place on a train and walking. I'm be like huh. drinking tea at work with a sick girl. Just all over no. the place. No. She don't Disgusting. get to drink a tea with me. All right. Oh, um, we had some wonderful calls. We cannot play all of them, but we will play some of them from our listeners uh, about last week's episode. I'm so happy that last week's episode resonated with so many people and that people are really excited about pleasure activism, the politics of feeling good, written and gathered by Adrian Marie Brown. Um Shanti, a little later, is probably going to go into how we are going to devise this book club because I don't know. But I'm going to play the first message. Um, we are a cohesive team. Child, we're trying to get it together one day at a time. I'm probably going to skip this mess, like skip through it a little bit, but um, just because it's a little long and she got cut off. But here we go. Hey, ladies. So this is weird to me, but I wanted to do it because your most recent episode um, triggered me on so many levels. Uh, my name is Frederica, and um, first I want to give a shout out to my cousin, Lightbug, yes. a.k.a. Rhonda, for putting me on to your podcast. We absolutely love you, Antoinette and Shanti, and we are going to be in Philly for the Roots Picnic, so hopefully we will have an opportunity <laughs> to see y'all and just enjoy you. So anyway, first of all, on the book, Shanti, you have to go back and read Parable of Sawyer. Okay. Of Sawyer, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Fuck, whatever. You got to go back and read it. So that is the first Mm -hmm. of the series that you're reading. And literally, 
I read it for a book club in January, and I felt like Octavia, Ms. Butler, is a seer. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like, I don't know how in, like, the 90s, I think it was written in 98, 99, I don't know how she saw this stuff, but literally, I'm with you, sis. Like, mm-hmm. it is a depiction of what's what's happening now and what's to come if we do not get our stuff together, if we do not get ourselves together, we got this orange man in office just fucking everything up. So, yes, I'm with you. Everybody needs to go back and just read that series, starting with Parable of Sawyer, because it is so telling. Second, I'm with you on the ovulation. Like, the week before my cycle, <laughs> I am a savage. Like, I want it. I feel like, like, Fleece Johnson from that damn episode of the Boondocks. I'm like, look, we can do this the easy way, or oh, we no. can do it the hard way, but you need to give it to me. Like, I want it. And, um, and, and yeah, so, like, govern yourself accordingly and stop acting funny, or I will take it. That's oh, how no. I feel. I know that that's not proper like I shouldn't say that I'm gonna take it from him but I feel like he knew what he signed up for and so um that's just what it is I love y'all um in terms of the pleasure thing so yeah I think it's funny that white men are at the top of the power dynamic and that totem pole but in terms of women I feel like white women have more freedom, more flexibility in terms of exploring and being ex- experimental. You know, like growing up a woman, growing up a black woman, black girl, it was, okay, well, only nasty girls do this. Or if you ugly, you know, you got to do this. Or don't be out here being fast or, you know. Then she got cut off. And she called back and she went in um it's 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 a little bit long, but she she went in and, and talked more and more about um, how you ended the episode about going back to your inner child and how that really resonated with her because she used to like she had been doing grown up things for a long time, had a lot of um, responsibility. She moved out when she was 17, had a full time job, was living alone, doing her thing. And then, like, she couldn't remember the last time she just went out and, like, sweat and danced and just, like, went just went ham, you know. And she was, like, it was really – and she got a little choked up, like, damn, I can't remember the last time I did that. Mm. And, like, carving out time to make that happen was important. But shout out to Frederica. I shout think, out to Frederica! I boop, love boop, her. Boop. I love her. Y'all, like, I love this a bunch of raggedy <laughs> – <laughs> Raw ass woman out ready? there living her best. It's lives. just raw. It's just I love it. Um, <laughs> no, but she, I really appreciate the fact that she brought up the well, man. I I was talking about the patriarchy of it, where everything kind of is stemming from that patriarchy. But I think it's important to talk about how I agree with her that there is. It seems like white women are allowed to explore a little bit more, especially when it comes to things of the erotic and intimacy and sexual exploration um because i think black women are over sexualized anyway just just the way our bodies are especially like if you are one with like what my breasts are what an f a g in all honesty i'm squeezing into a triple d but they don't fit but it's just like i put a shirt on versus somebody else put a shirt on who has blonde hair and blue eyes and it's the same shirt but 
I'm looked at like a hoe. Like I, I will never forget a family member of mine. I just posted a picture of myself and it was literally, I had on red lipstick, a full red lips, you know, my lips. And then I just had on a black tank top and she was like, porn star. Who and said I that? I was like, what? I won't, I won't say who it was. I'll text Wait, you Wait, if you was. said a family member of, of yours? Yeah. Like they saw that picture and that was their response. And I was like, I have on a, I literally had, oh, and I had on an army fatigue jacket over the, over the tank top. But because she was like, you have all this makeup on, all that red lipstick. It just looks like too much. It just looks, you're just trying to be too sexy. It was like, no, that's how my lips look. My mom sent you that? Just my mom? (laughs) No, my mom did. (laughs) That was a family member. (laughs) I didn't want to out her, but. (laughs) God help us. But I mean, think of that. But like my mom can wear red lips and. She can buy out on the beach in her skimpy bathing suits, but like, I can't because, you know, I'm not allowed to have that kind of freedom. I'm looked at as being a whore or, you know, asking for too much attention. I don't know. It's interesting. What are your thoughts on that? I No, I definitely, um, I definitely think that that is... Yeah, that that is true. I I I think I think um it's all shared with women in general cuz I know a lot of women, white women that are out here. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. I I I definitely think that Yes, I definitely think that the allowances for white women to explore they're sexual. They're given a lot more grace. Um, just the idea of like, even even the exploration of like your sexuality and being queer. I feel like mm-hmm. white women have always been like, I'm gonna explore in college and like you it's know sexy, right? having these kind of yeah, and that being like glorified or that being accepted especially even within their families or like something that's expected. But then if you're a black woman or a black person and that's something that you're exploring, you know, it's like it, you, it's, it's a complete, it's just not allowed. You could just be removed from your family if somebody found out. Um, yeah. It's not allowed. Or it's, it's vilified. It's like, yeah. you know, you're tearing so, down the black family that it's just like, what? I can I can dig it or you just have to hide it. It's something that you would never share. You would never share that um, versus, you know, especially with white women, that, that, like that's like the rites of passage. It's like that's just what you do. You go out there and you explore and you wild out and then you get married and you have a kid and you have your picnic fence and that was just like your crazy past. I did all types of stuff. But you're then you could, f- you know, continue on this um, lily white, clean, pure um you know, trajectory and let that all be in your past where that's not necessarily, it's far more consequential for women of color. But yeah, I could dig it. I could dig it. Are you just, you're going to just play that one. We also had another. No, I'm um, going to play another oh. one. I'm going to play the other one. I just wanted to comment on that one okay. first. Is that okay? That is fine. I approve. We are a team. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> 
Hey, Around the Way Curls. Um, hey. I love you guys' podcast. You're awkward. And have been following you guys for a while. And you guys have actually been the inspiration for me starting a lot of my work. So I just want to say thank you. Um, but on your episode, uh, Pleasure uh, Practices, episode, unironically, 69, um, you guys were talking about how, I think Antoinette was talking about how... Um, pleasure is um dictated by like white men and i just wanted to say like thank you for bringing that up and i really love the book and i think adrian mayor brown um talks about it eloquently because we um unfortunately see pleasure through the lens of like a white man and we um measure what is deemed acceptable to be pleasurable through a white man's lens um and it is so interesting because i think uh white heteronormativity um actually produces this sort of vanilla um experience as like what is Mm. the apex of um a rich like pleasurable sexual experience um from sex but to everything right like even what we eat like the the prime american meal is like a steak right and like that comes from like the palate of a white man and like what is like uh prime to wear comes from the wardrobe of like white people and like how to speak and carry oneself and mannerisms in social spheres comes from white people so it's like we sort of get this from like the dominant culture but it's also like there's part of our body's intelligence that like is attuned to experiencing pleasure in a way that is beyond that scope and so we do ourselves a disservice when we um muffle that part of ourselves and we sort of uh quiet it um when pleasure is an, a total immersive experience and it is sort of like totally out of your head and you do drop into your body um but there is also this mindful aspect of it where you can be immersed in it mind body spirit and it is like something you engage with it is like engaging with the world through like your pleasure centers through like your sacral chakra through like where you feel the best and so like I just wanted to add that to the conversation and just again wanted to say thank you to you guys for bringing this up and I think this is a really riveting and rich conversation and yes if there's a book club let me know you guys um thank you again for what you guys do um, y'all take care. Peace. Talk- oh, she's Yo, a shit. She was talking. Oh, whoa. Shit. All right. I, I don't feel equipped to talk about it anymore. What's her name? <laughs> Huda? 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 Killing it. Huda? She was like, Girl. She said, She said, I can't even. Riveting. Said. I said, What the fuck? She <laughs> said, <laughs> God. No, that was great. So that when that she leads said to us drop down into your body. That drop was drop down and get your eagle on. I said what? <laughs> Forget it. Go ahead. <laughs> the, I, that we decided, you know, even Antoinette and I definitely feel like this is something that we're continuing to explore, and there's so much unresolved commentary and and just it's an onion. You, we got to keep peeling it back. It's a lot to this. Definitely. 
Definitely. So we wanted to con- continue it. We're 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 at round two. Here we go. We want to keep it coming. <laughs> we want to keep it coming. Oh my god! I just <laughs> saw what you typed. I, girl, grow up. No one's gonna listen to us. <laughs> I'm so happy people are getting the real you, boo. It took 70 episodes, but it's coming out. Really? Shanti. Yeah, you were you were more conservative back in the Disney. But now you're just like, keep it coming. And then you're like, what else are you? What other shit? Fucking, what was the other thing? The penises. That just really annoyed me. Amiga, you just talked about edging. Edging? I've been consistent. People know what they get with me. Yeah, well. You just coming you just coming out your little shell, boo. And I'm here for it. Anyway, go ahead. Um so this is what we're doing. It's also the second day, or I don't know, when you read when this plays. We'll, we'll have been in the first week of uh women's month. So I just women's learned about it last month, year, yes. but like let's <laughs> let's get this tradition going. This is relevant. Um so that's we're just going to keep talking about it. But as a part it. of Women's History Month, um, we definitely want to highlight a woman every week. And I think that with pleasure activism, obviously, um, the author of that book, Adrienne Marie Brown, was highly influenced by Audre Lorde. Um, she talks about her at length. I'm going to share something that she said later. But um, for those that you that don't know, Miss Lord died in November 1992. She was an author of more than a dozen books of poetry and prose, recipient of the National and International Awards, and not the recipient of national and international awards, and a founding member of Kitchen Table, Women of Color Press. Um, some, I, I don't know who wrote this about her, but I think it's, it um, captures her pretty well. Um, they write, by dis, um, distangling women's eroticism from its cultural misuse and calling for a realization of the erotic as the most self-responsible source of women's power, Lord, locating that power in women's acknowledgement of desire, blurs the boundaries between the erotic, on one hand, and the political, the creative, and everyday activities on the other. And in issuing her her call to all women, regardless of their sexual identity, Lordy races erotic differences between straight, bisexual, and lesbian desire in order to promote such desire as a creative force of revolutionary change. So. Audrey Lord was on that divine feminine before the hoteps mixed she really, it up with veganism and I bring my sister Yoni She wants. just loves her. My sister okay. is just loves this woman so much. So I, that is, um, she wrote a, a book called The Uses of the Erotic. The Erotic is Power. And um, the, the author of Pleasure Activism, again, Adrienne Marie Brown. I was Googling her and looking her up on YouTube, and I actually found an interview of hers. Um, she happened to be on Neil Satin's 
uh, YouTube channel and he's like a relationship person where he's doing like healing work in more of the relationship space. But he said that a big part of healing work had to, it had to incorporate pleasure activism. And so he invited her on for an interview and she went on. And I think that there's just this brief clip that I just want to play. You get to hear her voice as well, but it kind of encapsulates everything that she's talking about within pleasure activism. Pleasure, like that pleasure includes the erotic, but also includes a lot of things that may or may not be erotic. And so I was like, what, what is pleasure? And I looked it up and it's just like happy joy and satisfaction. <laughs> and I was like, gosh, it seems so simple. And yet there's so much um, resistance to it. There's so much fear of it. There's so much control of it. And, um, and for those of us who are like actively trying to change the world in some way, there's a denial of it, right? Like, it's like, we are not allowed to have that. We need to be fighting, um, for this, you know, future that's off in the future somewhere. Right. And, um, and I just remember landing in like, wouldn't it be so radical to listen to what Audre Lorde had taught us about engaging the erotic now, engaging our full aliveness in this moment. And for black women who, you know, that's who was at the front of my mind when I wrote this text, you know, I was like, there's a lot that has intentionally cut us off from our relationship with joy and happiness and pleasure and contentment and satisfaction. It's, it's been trained into us that we're not allowed to have those things. So I got very, then I got very like lit up with this idea that I was like, Oh, what if we could have these things? Like, what if it's a measure of our freedom to reclaim pleasure? So I, that last line, what if it's a measure of of our freedom to reclaim pleasure? That like stopped me in my tracks when I heard that. Like, oh shit. But um, I'm going to put this link in the bio to this uh, interview. It's The title is 200. It's, that's obviously the 200th interview of his but 200 pleasure activism change that nourishes you with adrian marie brown by neil statton i don't want to get sued by old boy so i'm gonna link it i do not own these rights yada 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 um but yeah but shanti you and i were talking about this this week and i'm hoping that you figured out a way to kind of discuss this with while you're still feeling comfortable and you know and still being private about your stuff but like can you can you go into like what you were talking to me about I think well you know I think as I'm unpacking what pleasure is for me I think immediately, and I think that this is telling of our conditioning and my conditioning. And when I think of pleasure, my mind always first goes to sex. And so then I'm constantly like analyzing the ways in which, you know, um, sex is performative for me or sex is... um, Also, I'm then conditioned to think about the ways in which there are errors in my sexuality or the way that I show up sexually. So even from when we last talked, like I'm still unpacking it and me having listened to an Audrey Audrey Lorde reading, 
I was like, oh, shit, this is even deeper than what I was thinking. But it's also a part of it. So I'm not going to like separate it at all. But I think that I have been. I think that to go return back to what Frederica even said is like there is this performance as a good girl that you take on versus the fast quote-unquote bad girls of like it's a far more submissive role it's a it's a role of being pursued rather than pursuing and being more on the receiving end than on like the um, more aggressive or dominant end where you're like taking more control so I've always been enamored by women in particular who are aggressive in their pursuit of sexual partners who are dominant in the actual act and yeah that's just not something that I always feel confident in and it's not like when I'm it's not like in the act you know there I'm like dead weight but the actual like you know, the 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 pursuit of it rather than waiting for somebody to like pursue me and then I can be like, oh hey, you know, then it, then it can be like a thing. But mm-hmm. being far more passive, um, like for the taking, kind of for thing. the taking and thinking. I think at a young age, thinking that that's how it's supposed to be, and like that, th- those are qualities associated with like a good girl, or right. you know. Those are those are more valued because a guy doesn't want a girl that, you know, if she's going after him, then she may have gone after other guys. And then there's this whole idea of like value of of how how many sexual partners you have and also how many sexual partners, how how experienced you are. But even well, even that, I think, boils down to it's like a pissing Property. contest like a dog mm-hmm. right Getting like a got. dog claiming its chose. territory and so i'm not calling men dogs but i'm just saying like it feels good to them and be like that's mine only mine or like that's why i i think the less women i think more women are cons- <laughs> i don't want to generalize generalize but i know women who've been like oh he only like if a man came to you at 40 something was like oh i'm a virgin you'd be like oh fuck whereas like on the other tip, they might kind of be like, "Well, damn," but it might be also like, "Oh, well, I can kind of mold her." But I think it's I think it's interesting that we go straight to sex because Audrey Lord didn't, and her definition of the erotic, like she writes, the erotic functions for me in several ways, and the first is in providing the power, which comes from sharing deeply any pursuit with another person. The sharing of joy, whether physical, emotional psychic or intellectual forms a bridge between the share sharers which can be the basis for understanding much of which that is not shared between them and lessens the threat of their difference another important way in which the erotic connection functions is the open and fearless underlying of my capacity for joy and the way my body stretches to music and opens into response. I don't know this word. 
I just have to be honest, something to its deepest rhythms. Oh, so every yeah. level upon it's <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's all right. So every level upon which I sense also opens to the erotically satisfying experience, whether it is dancing, building a bookcase, writing a poem, examining an idea, it is all the erotic. Yeah. So I think that her version of the erotic is like, I think it's a, there's different planes, right? Like we can function on different planes, on different wavelengths. And I think when they're talking about dropping into your body, not to get like too metaphysical or whatever, but like when you really get centered, and that's why I brought up the edging thing, because I was like, it really is a mental thing. Like when I decided to give myself over to this underlying desire and this underlying, I guess, and it's not even just desire. It's like stimulation, joy. It's a good feeling. It's natural. Like, it's your it's body's and calling. It's, right. There's this energy, this heat that is burrowing <laughs> inside of me. And so when I decided to lean into that, I was able to carry that with me throughout my day. And so I think what she's saying is, you can reach this plane without it having to be this sexual thing. It could just be, have you ever been in a situation where like you're talking to someone and it just feels erotic or you're like, it's a state of, I think of it as like a state of euphoria. It's like I can, and it doesn't have to be with someone who I necessarily want to take down, but it's just this other place that I can, that we are all able to go that we don't explore enough. And I and I think when she said the the sharing of joy, whether physical, emotional, psychic, or intellectual, forms a bridge between the sharers, which can be the basis for understanding much of what is not shared between them. It's like how many times have you either been in a space with someone who you don't really know, don't don't really feel like you have that much in common with, but when you find that commonality and you both give into it it feels safe. There's like this different vibration there. Or how many times have you been with somebody who you are sexually, um, sexually active with or engaged with in that kind of way. And sometimes you're at a loss for words. Maybe you're not seeing eye to eye. Maybe you are seeing eye to eye, but like words aren't enough. So you have to go and share this other thing where like you, you're going to express yourself in this different way that like, I don't even think our language really captures what that is when you really get there. And it's not fucking that's make love fucking. <laughs> but that's, it is. That, now that is make love fucking. No, I'm, serious, I'm trying to make love. Fuck. You trying to make a love fuck girl. I mean, my <laughs> language doesn't capture it. My language is make love fucking, which is <laughs> trash. <laughs> trash. But I, I, I hope that we've all been in that place. I th- like that deep connectivity. It's so Audrey Lord also this will help us dive into it understanding even more deeply at least it did me is that their eroticism is the opposite of pornography. Yes. And so that pornography is what makes it so destructive is that it's the absence of feeling. It's the it's the it's just straight physical and it's 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 just a conditioning f- folks to to engage in the absence of feeling whereas eroticism 
is um, it's all feeling like absolute. It's fullness. It's knowing. It's connected to intu- intuition, and just like you said, it's like connection. And so Audrey also goes in to talk about that this is like a divine. She doesn't use the word divine. She says it's a, a feminine gift that women have this gift for eroticism or or rather this kind of energy able to really tap into it really easily and lead with it really easily um is like a is is definitely a feminine energy um and it's again connected to knowing and intuition and to like connection and that this energy this erotic energy or this capacity to be filled and to also hold is what is the fuel. And that's where Adrian connects it is the fuel and the power that is used to, to show up in this world and to resist all of the systems and all of the, the um, energies in this world that are kind of opposite that. And so it's, it's liberating. It's, it's liberating. Well, yeah, it's Reclaiming it is the energy is liberation. and mm-hmm. it is the energy that that makes that possible. Right. That if it's just like this yang fight, you know, aggression um kind of like constant um build up of energy to like just be aggressive and fight that it, it, you're you're going to be depleted and it just doesn't work. We kind of have to have this, this opposite, full, connected, slower, soft energy. I've been thinking about that idea of soft energy a lot more. And it's, it's not like about grinding. It's not about like, you know, running until t- you're exhausted. It's not about, it's just, it's just a far softer kind of energy. And, um, she also says that that's why it's it, it, it's really awful and it's going to it's kind of like the work of women to to um release ourselves from this oppression to like now we have to do the work to get out of it now we have to do the work to to ring it to restore ourselves in so many ways to feed and and become really familiar with that part of ourselves that is just naturally erotic and just mm-hmm. naturally feels and feels deeply and knows deeply and shares easily and generously and and receives and receives talk about keep it keep talking about sharing and receives yes i'm serious like i've been really thinking about even just now Thinking about ways. Well, one, I first have to say the thing you talking about being softer. I feel like everything that you've been trying to say to me and you know how like we're always yin and yang where I'm like, mama mentality, we got to go hard. You're like, actually, rest is important. I feel like it's all coming. It's all starting to make sense, more sense to me where I'm like, don't make excuses. Like we got to get the shit done. But like I read today, um, Again, in the same book um, where Audrey writes, to encourage excellence is to go beyond the encouraged mediocrity of our society. But giving into the fear of feeling and working to capacity is a luxury only the unintentional can afford. 
And the mm-hmm. unintentional are those who do not wish to guide their own destinies. I was just like, ugh. Like there's just judgment there. It's just like that is fear. It is fear based. And so much of anyway, that's that's an aside. But like I feel like I'm understanding what you're trying to t- constantly tell me now, but like the language just wasn't resonating. Where it's just I have to get like what is when you're like, well, what is it all worth then? When you kept saying that to me that night when we got in that big fight and you were like, what is this all worth? Why are we doing this? I'm stressed out. I'm tired of this, of that. And you were literally like screaming at me to like get to the pleasure of it. And where is it? Yeah. And and I didn't know what the fuck you were talking about. I was like, girl, we all tired, bitch. If your work (laughs) isn't pleasurable, then you are, you are fucking up. (laughs) <laughs> Not fucking up, but you are weakened by these, like, capitalistic notions of of perfection. You're Just like you said, you're energetically short-cutting yourself off. Mm-hmm. You're energetically choosing to vibrate at a at not your fullest potential. And she thinks your fullest potential is, you know, feeling and feeling joy and and. and and you know it's very Buddhist as well, just like being present in what you're doing and liking what you're doing. And if you don't like it, then you need to check in and and get back in alignment. Right. And the reason why we're talking about all this, like, we definitely want to do this book club. And like, the first chapter of pleasure activism is uses of the erotic by Audre Lorde. So, in the it's section one is who taught you to feel good. Um, and then like the different chapters are like love is a political resistance, yada yada yada. Like why we get all like it's it's all very interesting. But something you were saying, what were you saying earlier? I think oh, I think that um, this erotic, like even the word erotic, it's like I, I just it sounds bad to me. Oh. It sounds like sex. It's, it's like sex. It's, but just not even sex. Like, if you look it up, it says relating or tending to arousal, sexual desire, or excitement. Eroticism is a quality that causes sexual feelings as well as a philosophical contemplation concerning the aesthetics of sexual desire. It's all sex, sex, sex. Wow. And I, I think reworking that, relearning it, whether, you know, it's semantics or not, I think understanding that it's much deeper than that, that it is about connectivity. And I'm starting to think about um, my, it's like people are always like, girl, you, you, people say to me, like, girl, you could go have sex if you want to go have sex, like go have sex. But I think that the reason why I'm not just like out here and it's not about being out here. It's not, it's not even me. Cause I've had plenty of sexual partners enough but it, it it it's not about me being scared about that it's more about but I want that connectivity like mm-hmm. I'm looking for this deeper underlying vibration that we can both be on you know we're like if I where we're we're so in tune with each other that if my hand just rubs across your shoulder that sensation is heightened because we're present and alive and I've, I've I've had it before and it's it's been wonderful and I've yet to have it again and I'm I'm not interested in going back yeah <laughs> to not having that so um 
And it was really interesting exploring those feelings and heightening my sense of pleasure just within myself. What do you mean? As of just today, you... Yeah, like experimenting with it and being like, oh, I'm a... You know, and not with porn where, you know, I can pick up my vibrator anytime and be like, okay. But, you know, and obviously that doesn't replace like the weight of a beautiful man, a beautiful bearded, (laughs) black, handsome, smell good, sound good man. No, it doesn't. But um, it's an interesting discovery, I think. Yeah. And I think, I think the gateway... And that's cool. The gateway to us learning how to drop into our bodies is sex. It's the easiest thing. It's the easiest Mm. thing. Do you think it's sex or do you think it's like sexual exploration within yourself? Do you think it's sex with a partner? I'm genuinely asking. I think it's, 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 it's sexual energy. So even if it's with yourself and you're, you know, touching yourself or being honest about what you do like and what you don't like and exploring that or doing that with a partner, I think that's the easiest way for us to attune ourselves with like, this feels good and getting comfortable with feeling good and then having the courage enough to go out into the world and demand that same Mm. alignment. And that's what Audre Lorde talks about is like, it's not sensational. It's not always sensational. She, I think what she's speaking to is this, what you said is vibrational. Like yeah. I, I know what feels like, right. I know what feels good. I know what alignment is and this society, the way this person's talking to me, this job, this agenda, this, these hours you want us to work, this, the way that you're trying to make me feel like I'm not enough, you know, by the way I look, blah, blah, blah. This sh- I'm not going for it because it doesn't right. feel right. And I'm a feeling person and I trust my feelings. And I'm powerful when I feel good. And y'all not going to fucking do this anymore. And that's when, like, the resistance comes in. That's when the activation is, like, act- actually activated. And we're like, oh, shit. Like, oh, that's why it's all making so much, like everything is clicking with me the same, making sense to me now too. Like it's all making sense. And I, and I even feel, I feel really proud of us, internet. I feel really proud of us and all the women that I know every day that like, this is what we're constantly toiling over. All the women that are listening right now, we're constantly toiling over and really trying to get deeper beyond like quote-unquote self-care to like really know and trust and feel 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 ourselves and feel like in alignment our full aliveness our full in alignment aliveness. and feel full and like protect mm-hmm. it and honor it and support each other in it you know i i would we would not have been, we wouldn't be having this conversation if it wasn't for Adrian, if it wasn't for, you know, Audrey Lord, if it wasn't for the women before her, before her, before her, before her, if it wasn't for you and I constantly toiling over this back and forth yeah. 
for the being like this self care. Like getting is, my getting my pedicure don't feel like self care. No, all but the this time. has been years, girl. <laughs> like uh-huh. this has been years, yeah. y'all. This is us been watching our moms. Yeah, this is us feeling really uncomfortable pain and discomfort. So I'm just really proud of us in this moment, and um, you know, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's <laughs> not really, but that was making me think. It's funny because um, it's not funny. I don't know why I would say that, but um, Adrian Brown was. She kept saying like, "We as black women, our resilience has been weaponized in a way. So because we are able to endure, we're we're almost put through more than our fair share, and the expectation is always that we'll be fine, mm-hmm. and the expectation is that we're hardwired to push through." And so we've been trained to believe that like joy and contentment, happiness, satisfaction, they're all restricted. Mm -hmm. And so I think that our call to my call to action to all of us is like to tell a different story because how powerful would it have been like Adrienne Marie Brown talks about how like she's this way because her grandmother was a woman who had lots of pleasurable partners and talk to her about it. Mm. Like how powerful would it be if you talk to Jolie about this, that's inside of her and this vibration that she can reach just date and not, not sexual at this age, but like eventually, yeah. How powerful would it be if I had these kind of conversations with the women in my life and I saw them take ownership of their sexual nature and their being, of their being in general, of their joy. You know, I'm still waiting to see my mom take full control and, and, and like and lean into her joy and not be such a fucking martyr for everyone. And because that's not I don't want to be that. Yeah. I think right. that's I think that's what the where the gaffle right there is that we think that that's a powerful I definitely have. And it's not. I definitely have. It's not. I've I've worn the cape. No, the power is in like, and, and I, and I think it is beyond our imagining, you know, like we don't even know what that feels like. Right. We don't Mm -hmm. even know what that feels like yet, but we're all getting closer. And, you know, I know people that it's very foreign for them to feel touch and are like working through that every day and like learning how to, to surrender and allow themselves to like be touched and be kissed and to want it and to think that, you know, that, that, that that's theirs. Yeah. Child, the fuck? I'll say, the, <laughs> uh, I'll say this. I will say when I went on that, um, healing retreat and when i'm with in spaces like harriet's apothecary i really highly recommend that people look up harriet's apothecary follow on instagram join it this is not an ad but like i was around these black women and like some cis queer like this uh, the whole spectrum of women and i i really you could walk into the space and feel a different vibration. <laughs> it was almost as if how people describe when they look into Erica Badu's eyes. It was like that vibe of like, whoa, what did I just do? And I happened to meet the, the beautiful woman who I ended up dating 
there. And she really did experience pleasure and like experience it fully. And I used to be like, oh, she is so extra. But like everything from like her food to how the breeze felt to when like the sun would hit her face. And it's so crazy because she just reached out to me. I haven't talked to her in years. She was just like, yo, we haven't talked in years. What's up? Like, you good? You want to get together and just like hang? I was like, of course. But it would be so, like, I I now see what she was trying to offer me in terms of, like, just showing me a different way. Like, and I think some of it's based in gratitude, but some of it's just based in choosing it and choosing, like, this is, this is how I'm going to, just like you said, this is how I'm going to feel and this is how I'm going to demand that people treat me the people like I, this is and where that's I'm at. why queer and trans folks are 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 leaders like because that's yeah. really hard to do that and yeah. to stand in that and to to demand that and to show up regardless of what people think it's it's one thing to be we're in the still we still have the privilege of being heterosexual to be like you know I'm going to get my pleasure. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to get my jobs that I love. I'm going to show up, you know, however I want to look. And when I have my partner, I'm going to enjoy it. But then to still make that claim and like the majority of the world is like, the fuck? You can't do that. You're wrong. That's gross. How dare you? It's just like, it's like they're, they're they are um just important important beings and um and i don't think it's an accident that some a woman who dates women is able to function in the world in that way (laughs) yeah i don't think that that's an accident no no no. i think that that's very telling about what women are capable of and what we're able to both offer and receive Child, we banging. Oh, yeah, well, that's what I just realized. For real. I was like, <laughs> we f- we out here lit. This shit is important. <laughs> this is actually like, Yo, important. They don't even. My next partner has no fucking idea what is about to go down with this this one over here. Child, I'm about to be like, what? Go get that. Um, rose quartz and put it on your back so I can blow eucalyptus on you and you can feel all of the sensations <laughs> as we edge together take a deep breath my king psych <laughs> oh no for real I, I'm excited to keep exploring this because we feel like we had like a breakthrough and then we're going to read something tomorrow and be like wait what so I I think you know what and I have to explore this more but about this whole eroticism and then pornography, I've always said, and I, I can't believe it's going back to her, but also I think it's really important, that Beyonce is a oh. really complicated. <laughs> My God. She's super complicated to me because I think she, it's a conflation. Did I make that word up? No, I might have. I heard you say that word before. I was like, I'm gonna say that too. This is riveting. That's my new. I word. think I said conflated. <laughs> this is my new. Not conflation, but Shit I feel like riveting. we can rock with conflation. Conflation, conflatatorious, um, <laughs> of both the erotic and the pornographic, and it's just she just she just does something to me and a lot of people in a way 
that I can't explain it, but I'm going to unpack it. I think I'm getting closer and I will share my <laughs> dissertation with everybody. <laughs> I would hate, I really hope that no one ever is analyzing me this much ever the way that we talk about Beyonce. I really do. That is scary. Well, I'm sorry. No, it's I Listen, she put herself out there. I don't feel that bad. But <laughs> I feel like Rihanna's reaching these kinds of... I think, I think Janelle... So these are the women that I imagine are exploring this. I feel like a Janelle Monet definitely is. And and actually, I was watching this really cool... Do you watch... Um, it's on Netflix. Um, Explained? Girl, no. <gasps> it's so good. They just go on there and explain a bunch of shit. But they have this sex... Um, this one on sex that's like multiple parts... And Janelle Monet is narrating it, um, and it's like queer, straight. Like it's all about our desires, eroticism, all this kind of stuff, all as related to sex. Um, but I just thought, oh, what a perfect person to do that because I really feel like she is someone who probably has read all these books and is like super with the shits. I also think Chimamanda Adichie Ngozi is because I'm obsessed with her. Just her way of being. If you if you have time to go on YouTube and just listen to this woman speak, listen to her interviews, one of the most self-possessed women out there. I think that for a while we were looking at and I don't I don't follow her much anymore, but like what was it Hadia Barbel Barbell? That's so Hadia. funny that you said that. You're so funny. <laughs> I love you. Why? <laughs> I'm serious. Like do you remember meeting her and being like Wow, she's just <laughs> vibrating on a whole other level. Remember, we were just like on the train, like, mm-hmm. girl, it was just something about her. And then, like, to see her now, where she's just running around here, floating around like a damn goddess and just dancing down the street and just do or just on her own tip. And sometimes it's more subtle than that. Like, like, um, Chimamanda is more subtle, but I just. There's certain people that you can just see that that vibration is different. And you're like, I don't know what came over me just now, but I'm I'm stuck. <laughs> For real. I'm fucking stuck. Like I was stuck looking at Janelle Monet. I'll never get with Jasmine. I remember Jazz was like, that bitch is beautiful. Something about her. <laughs> I was like, I know. I don't know what it was, but she was just like, hello. It's like, oh my God, who are you? But She's anyway. Teeny. She's a teeny bopper. She Jesus. might be five foot. Aww, I was like, the fuck, man? I can't even see this bitch from back here. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> she's small as shit. <laughs> Let's not judge her. Anyway, very good. And Shanti, I just, I want to say, I, I don't know if you saw it, but I did a little poll <laughs> on Around the Way Curls Instagram. Oh, no, I saw that. I'm not ready to do my... um. <laughs> oh, my God. Girl, how you gonna see it and say I'm not ready to do it? If you I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this up. I'm thinking this up. I'm, I'm, um, I'm, 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 I'm really tapping into my eroticism. You so don't have can... to do a full episode, but you have to take us out with one. You have to. Not today. Uh, tomorrow. What? Or the next time. Tomorrow. The next time. <laughs> no, the ne- no, because the, the next time episode. we're gonna have for the first time some. Oh, is that the first? No, Tristan was on here. Tristan oh was right! Tr- shout out to Tristan, the first. Shout that out ever to Trizzy, the first that ever did it. I love him. Um, we're gonna have two gentlemen on 
Uh, I still need to figure out what exactly we're going to be talking about. They're just I think like, we should talk to them flow. about a little bit about this too. I, I, you know, because we're not going to the show don't the rodeo don't close down and the horses don't go to sleep because men come on the show. <laughs> However, the saying goes. You. However, the saying goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a saying, bitch. <laughs> whatever. Uh, okay. Whatever his name. Whatever. Yeah, well, I think that's a good idea. Things. I think that we they definitely need to talk about their brand. It's the some gentleman from um, PVO Positive Vibes Only Global. They, you will find out who they are soon. Um, but two straight men coming on. <laughs> I think straight, or maybe not. Maybe we're making assumptions. I believe they're both Nigerian. I know one of them is. And it's going to be exciting because they want to talk music and love and shit. They want to have like their black love mixtape. Until like, niggas talk love and shit. Everybody want to like, talk really? love and shit until. <laughs> until we like, but what do you know about eroticism and He'd be like, yeah, falling man, into You know, I like to put it in a booty hole every now and then. <laughs> Like no nigga. Like, I mean, I kiss t- bitches sometimes. <laughs> like whoa. <laughs> you know, I kiss her on the mouth very now. I'll be looking at her in her face. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. Anyway, we're gonna have them on. So, I, I, are you really gonna do it around the way curl eroticism affirmation next week? Come on, we need it now, Shanti. I, I'm not prepared for it. Okay, <sighs> give the oh, people what it. they want. Just I, come on, I, think about it. We'll pause. Let's just pause. <laughs> I'll be happy to edit. Think about it. Get yourself together. I'll edit all of this out, Pookie. Come on, reel it in. Let's go. Um, give us what we need. Oh God, this is. This is really a lot of pressure that y'all be putting on me. When I, I was like, I'm going to write it out. I'm going to think this through. But I was going to do it write it out. It's show. better off the dome. It's better off the dome. Um, so what do we want to say? What do we want to say? What do we want to say? Um, I really, I can't, y'all. I'm sorry. Come this on, time I can't. Why are you saying, y'all? It's only me on the but phone. No, because I you feel the whole pressure like, oh my God. of the world on my shoulders right now. Girl, the world ain't listening to this. About dropping low and get your eagle on or some shit. No, come on, for real. No, I, I'm not. I, I can't. I really can't. But I think I'm going to wow. come correct and I'm going to say it in front of them. I'm going to have them repeat after me, matter of fact. So I'll have something for you guys next week. But what I do, I will. What I do want to say is that we are going to begin the first chapter next week. So we're not going, this will be the last. Next week, can it be the week after? No. Because they wouldn't have read this book. So what? They can have commentary on it. They're on our show. This is the. I don't love that. To be continued, we need to discuss this. We only got the studio for two hours. It's going to just take a little bit, and I think it'll be important for them to add their two cents in. Oh, All right, maybe right. not, but I don't know. <laughs> Either way, well, re- at least read the first. first chapter, everybody. And um, then, I, but the other thing I'm thinking is, what if everybody doesn't have the book? Like people who want to join, you cannot in, like, be a part of the show. You cannot no. be a part of our no, book club. No, I'm saying we need to give them a chance <laughs> to get the book. Nigga, this is the second week. This is damn near a month we've been talking about this. Yeah, All my life I've been talking about pleasure activism. 
What? All my life. All right. I don't want to argue with you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. Well, so we're just going to start on chapter one and we're going to just do it in segments. So it's not going to be the full show. This will be the last show that we're doing fully around the pleasure activism and our insights. So we'll just unless there's a chapter that blows our fucking mind. I'm not in agreement with any of this. Okay. (laughs) You should have talked to me about this. I think that I think that people should I think people should communicate. Um I guess we'll see. I think I feel like every single chapter is gonna blow people's minds. So that's exciting. Feel free to should people comment Send in their um, calls. Yeah, then? call. I think about they the ch- first call. chapter. Uh, yeah, call. I mean, the first chapter might be a little redundant as it's on Audrey Lords. Audrey Lords. Um, shit, we just talked about eroticism, but maybe not. Maybe there'll be new discoveries. Who knows? But yeah, if it's a segment, bang bang, we good. But there might be some chapters down the line that, um, you know. They require a little more attention, and I'm willing to give it that. Are you still on the phone? No, I hung up. I'm asleep. All right, y'all. All All right. All right, you heard it here. Shanti's going to have our our affirmation next week, so (laughs) stay tuned. No, niggas. Stop. Um, Just stop it. All right. I really I just want to continue and say, though, I think we're, we're really on a collective course, you know, and even if the motherfucking wheels fall off, like even if the apocalypse comes, even if Octavia Butler was right and this whole thing burns down, we have tools that we did not have 60 years ago, 100 years ago. We have information we didn't have. This is like a collective passing down and sharing. And it's 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 not gonna stop. Trump's not gonna stop it. It's just gonna keep going. So by any means necessary, it's gonna be okay. And I really think that um the more that we talk about this and understand this and feel this the less room there is for fear and doubt and worry that you know that there is an opposing force that um that we can't meet you know what i mean or not or not or or not <laughs> or the See fuck how I not just got real who quiet. knows <laughs> no, I'm just like, let me just Talk her shit. She's going to talk herself out of it. She's going to talk herself back into it. She's <laughs> not going to fully commit. We just never know until Girl. we know. Until we know. You never know until you All know. right. This episode's over. So don't you know no good. All right. <laughs> Bye, Shanti. Bye. <laughs> you have just heard an Around Away Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Aroundaway Curls. We out early. Don't never take my bow up. My bow up. My bow up. Don't never take my bow up. My bow up. My bow up. They feel away. Oh wow. They feel away. Oh wow.
wanna be, I'm who they wanna be.